0: Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and download our free Shock Your Potential app today. Listen in to today's expert.
1: Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. I am your host, Michael Sherlock, and all month long in Artistic August, we are talking about how art affects our lives in different ways. My guest today, really, um, I'm very envious of some of the things that she's doing because she has really captured a way to not only have art be infused in her life, but really through storytelling and also in a way to uh, give her a business and a business uh, platform, which is phenomenal. So my guest is Davy Sutton, and she's an investigative storyteller who travels the world. (laughs) You know, we all want to continue traveling uncovering the unseen in the most picturesque places. Now she's done something that I really want to do from hunting pink dolphins and black caiman in the heart of the Amazon. And she's rid a motorbike through the streets of Hanoi, Vietnam. So that, you know, in and of itself, she's got guts. She's done a lot of gritty reporting from the infamous La Perla neighborhood in San Juan, Puerto Rico, and especially after hurricanes Irma and Maria. But she uses her travel adventures as gateways to draw audiences in and feel things they might not have feel, felt before. In addition to seeing things that they might not have seen yet, so her reporting range covers everything from fun holiday travel tips to breaking news stories like navigating trips in the pandemic, and important issues like climate crisis. And you know, dealing with things like climate crisis that you can see up front and in person when you've traveled to some of these areas, makes it all the more impactful. Now, she has a unique perspective as a black woman in this space, and she believes that that allows her to explore how the climate crisis in particular affects the lives of women, indigenous people, people of color, and others whose needs and welfare tend to come last around in the world. So she takes her mission very, very seriously to not only live through the art, but tell stories that make a difference in our world and in people's lives. And uh, her approach is very relatable, it's tangible for audiences. And uh, she's not uh, a scientist, she's a journalist, but she's figured out how to pull all those things together. She can be seen on NBC News, Today Show, CNN, Dr. Oz, The Weather Channel, you name it, she's been there and now she's joining us on our stage. Davey, thank you for being my guest.
0: Yeah, I'm so excited to be here and have this conversation with you.
1: Ah, oh, you have done so many wonderful things. And um, l- let me just ask you a little bit about the back your backstory. Like how did you get involved in this kind of invent- you know, investigative reporting but that allows you to really go into places that some people, most people have never gone or maybe ever will.
0: Yeah, you know, this is where I am in my career and, and having a clear vision of what my space is in this lane of telling travel stories. Mm -hmm. Um, is an evolution that uh, that that bio you read was actually helped put together my you know thoughts of like narrowing down what I do by one of my friends who's an executive at um, CNN Um, she knows me she's my best friend and she was like let me help you write this and so the way that was the first time hearing it read out loud I've seen it I've seen it but um I was like yes this is kind of where I am and how I've grown to be so my background is as a traditional local news journalist um most of my career was spent in sports um I did that for um about 12 years then I went to go co-host a lifestyle and entertainment show um locally and that's where I really kind of found what I really like to do and it's crazy because it's a Everything in my background is basically like full circle to making sense to right now. Starting from where I was um, born and raised, I grew up in uh, the suburbs of Los Angeles, and um, I had a very diverse uh, friend group because I took uh, honors classes. And so the mm-hmm. honors classes tended to have the the, the newly immigrated children. Uh, either they just they were immigrants, or their parents were or first generation, and I was exposed to all kinds of cultures just being in that friend group and I was always so curious and I went to their homes their moms fed me their lo- their meals oh. from their traditions and and that was just how I grew up and then I I went to UCLA and went to college and just didn't know what, what I wanted to do but I decided to take a major that uh, just kind of like I never wanted to do something that everybody else did. So I wasn't sure what I wanted to do, but this was kind of like a little major at the back of the book. This is when you would pick your majors out of a book. Um, and it was the study of world religions. So I oh. come to have having a whole journey of, of you know about like uh, 15 years in um, news media to making a career pivot, about six years ago, to starting my production company and, and going full on in and telling travel stories, mm-hmm. um, my background and even my um, college education helps me take a deeper dive because what I learned as having a degree in the study of world religions is uh, empathy and also perspective. So, like if I go to a, you know some place in the Middle East um, and it's during Ramadan, I already know why people are stopping or why, you know, certain things might be closed. Um, and I know how to present that in a way in my stories and making you, the audience, understand and then we can keep moving. So this is, this is, is just, you know, it's a story tell. It's My story is also just uh, evidence of allowing yourself to go through a journey.
1: Mm-hmm. I love that on so many levels, you know, it's more than just understanding some of the culture or some of the business, uh, you know, expectations. I mean, I think about the first time I went to Singapore and, you know, really being uh, much like in Japan, how you present your business card and why it's important that way. And I actually loved it so much that I do that today because it's such to me, it's such a, well, plus I love my business cards because my logo looks like my hair. So I'm like, (laughs) I, I love presenting it, but you know, the things that are important, I always, I where whenever I go to someplace new, I want to try and learn at least a couple of words. And they I might sound like an idiot, but I always say it like, I'm sorry, I'm trying. And people have pity on me because I am trying and I'll mess it up. But the thing, the small things that we can do to show respect when people are of a different culture. They're a different religion. They're a different thought process. They're a different place in the world. And, you know, I think it's time for us, we clearly see that we need to still work on, I don't know, respecting each other, you know, coming together and figuring out how to continue to make it in this world. What a great, what a great position you're in to tell those stories and kind of teach that to others, not just about those little minute details, but really the whole sense of respect.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I, the, one of my kind of taglines I say is that my job is to inspire you to go. Um, but the truth is not there. The audience consists of people who uh, want to be inspired to try and go, but most of the audience likes to just watch you do what, what you do. They, they are, they're never going to go to the Philippines. They're never going to go to Vietnam. But they, they're interested in learning. Um, right. And so uh, another kind of underlying my um, mission in my work is to kind of dismantle colonialism in travel. And I know okay. that could be triggering, but the whole industry is based off of that. And by you talked about some of the things that you do is is a bit immersive and and you and you said that they have pity on you, but they actually probably more appreciate you trying because right the, <laughs> the visitors that, that typically encounter are a little bit colonialistic, meaning, and what does that mean? That means everything is set up to accommodate your, your comfort and your standards, the Western standards, instead of when we travel, we go are going to a place. So right. we should be uh, immersing into how they do things, not how we do things. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, in my stories, whether they are the short, fun ones or um, on video, or if they're a longer, deeper dive one, I kind of uh, try to unpack um, the impact and how to do it. Because we do, you know, travel is still encouraged. And even if it's a sacred place, but there's, you know, they've kind of Disneyland did up and they made it a tourist stop. You can still visit that place. It, it is a remarkable place for a reason. Um, I never discount doing the tourist stops. It's a remarkable place. It's a tourist stop for a reason, but how can we right. do that better? How can we right. travel better? And how can we be more ethical, more empathetic, empathetic, and and more, you know, sustainable as well.
1: Yeah, I think that's fantastic. And you're absolutely right. It annoys me when I'm traveling with, you know, places and I see, and you always know when it's an American because <laughs> they're trying to speak English very loud, because if I just say it louder, you will understand me. And I'm like, it, it's such, it seems like it shouldn't happen today. It seems like such a, a, you know, a comic strip, um, you know, that, that people would still act that way, but they do. And I remember my husband and I went to, um, uh, um, uh, where do we go? Brazil. We went to Brazil. So our daughter was, um, uh, going to, she was doing a semester abroad on this little Island in Brazil. And I'm not kidding you. It wasn't until we were getting on the air first airplane to go that I looked at him. I go, none of us, neither of us speak Portuguese. Like I, I know no Portuguese. And he goes, Oh my God, I haven't either. I mean, usually we know a few words of French. We can, you know, we get, you know, Spanish is not bad. I can, you know, I can order anything off of a menu in Italy, but we're like, Oh my gosh. So we're quickly trying to learn, you know, the, the smallest words and people really, yeah, I say, take pity on me because they always laugh, but they were so great. And we learned, and our, our daughter had uh, been there only I don't know, a week before we did, and she didn't know any Portuguese either, but she'd learned enough. But just the act of then saying to yourself, don't start with English. Try to, whether you're doing hand gestures and you're pointing at, you know, you're pointing at that thing that you want to buy, that, you know, and, and we're like how much, so, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, there's a difference of approach, you know, knowing your weakness. And I, I mean, I'm American too, so there's plenty of places I've been and I don't speak uh, their language. But there's a difference in your approach of walking into a place and say, anybody speak English here? Uh, who speaks English? You speak English? Um, <laughs> as to, and it's not just Americans because the English are known to do this too. I actually uh, did a year, worked a year in London. And my colleagues were like, before you leave, make sure you go to Paris. Oh, but don't, you know, their neighbor Paris uh, or France, go to France yeah. um, and visit Paris. Oh, but um, don't with your, you know, beautiful English accents that, you know, don't walk around asking if you speak, if you speak English there, because they will say, this is, French. we speak French here, like, no, and I was like, yeah, because they were your neighbors, and all of you guys came down, and we're like, who speaks, like, anybody speak English, like, like, you were the king, the king and the queen, <laughs> right, so, you know, there's, there's something, if you're approaching, you, you are in the shopping, you, you know, your weaknesses that you do not, Speak, you you know three words maybe you you, know, you learned on the airplane like hi thank you bathroom you know
1: <laughs> yes exactly um, and can I order and, a beer
0: yeah <laughs> and you know the hotel and taxi you know exactly um, but um, you know they're having a humbleness of of kind of saying you know hey sorry you know mm-hmm. um I need help um you know looking using your Google Translate which is on your phone now yes. I I use that often and put it in and being very humble, that is a better approach than demanding that somebody just because you are who you are from where yes. you are um, and are visiting their home and their yes. businesses <laughs> should should bend <laughs> to your way. And they are used to that. And so you actually stand out and, and probably will get treated more favorably if mm-hmm. you have the new approach because they aren't used, they aren't used to it. But looking people in the eye, acknowledging that they are there. Um, It's two people are having, this is, you know, in the Caribbean, I remember having a conversation a few years ago with um, some of the guides that I was with. And I, and I just did a random kind of like chat with them. And I said, what is most annoying to you about Western travelers? And they said that they don't have manners. We could be talking and they will just walk up and start asking for help or their demands. So two wow. people could be talking in a foreign land. And, we, and the, you know, we said, wow, because I was like, oh, we do have those mannerisms um, yeah. of just saying, not even just hovering by and saying, oh, excuse me, you know, if they stop. Um, and they say, saying please and thank you go so far here. And I was like, oh my God, basic manners. Basic, basic manners. Basic, basic manners and being kind. Mm-hmm. I, is often a travel tip that I give like when I'm doing a tv show and there I'm doing roundups on how to you know like get an upgrade or be, be the best you know do something you know to enhance your trip or something I always end with kindness kindness Absolutely. really does go a long way because we, that we are going to people's jobs whether it's even in stateside at a, at a hotel and you know you know if you want an upgrade at a hotel and kind of you know, be kind to the person, don't demand things. And I think it goes so far.
1: It absolutely. I mean, just the simplest thing we were, um, we were in a, at a hotel a couple of weeks ago and my husband kept saying, do you want to come down, you know, for breakfast? And it was, you know, Hampton Inn. And i was like, oh no, I, you know, we were almost ready to go. And I said, no, I got to finish this one thing. I'll come, you know, as we're getting ready to go. Well, by the time we got down the elevator, it was like nine Oh five. They closed breakfast at nine <laughs> Yeah, and I went, you know, it wasn't a big deal, but I said to uh, the um, the gal behind the, the counter, I said, I have a huge favor to ask you. I said, I totally blew my timing and my husband told me I should come down <laughs> for breakfast. Could I just get a container of milk? And the guy who ran the ran the kitchen uh, goes, oh, hey, I'll, I'll let you have that. He goes, come on back. You can pick whatever you want because, you know, most everything was, you know, like snack bars and stuff. And I'm right. like- well, no, I mean, I just need some milk. He goes, come on back. You might find something. And I just thought I was, it was to your point. I was humble. I, I put the blame on me, yeah. whereas somebody else might come down. Why is breakfast closed? It's nine o'clock
0: and it's nine Oh two. Yeah. like, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. just, I mean, can't you do something for me? All of that, like that, exactly. is, that entitlement is, um, something that we should check, check ourselves on. And, and also like who raised you, like, you know, like sometimes when we're having those tantrums, I, you know, and, and I also, so, especially on my YouTube channel, when I'm kind of unpacking something like the old way versus how we can do this better. Yeah. Um, I show examples of how I failed to, so, you know, it's, I'm never in my e- explaining or, you know, showing what I've learned along the way, kind of wagging my finger and kind of, I, I grew up in the States too. So I have these, these ways about me as well, these privileged ways. And this is just how we can be better people overall. Um, yeah. and, and then checking yourself, checking yourself of like, if we have a bit of a tantrum or, or a fit or frustrated with. The, a service or something, and like, what would your mom think? Like, you yes. know, like,
1: who raised you? <laughs> yes, if your mother was sitting here watching you right now, she'd tell you to go over and apologize. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right.
1: I love it. Well, David, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to hear from our sponsor, and we will be right back. Are you tired of the time and expense of going to the salon for a mani Petty? If so, Color Street is your answer. Base, color, and top coats are blended together in an incredible polish strip that you apply yourself. The result, a brilliant salon quality manicure in just minutes with no dry time, smudges, or streaks. These strips are 100% real nail polish, not stickers. They're flexible, can be gently stretched for a perfect fit, and last up to 10 days. I've been using them for months now and love the amazing selection of colors and styles, along with the ability to create my own unique manicure by mixing and matching. Shop today and support our sponsor, Betsy Roberts, by ordering at colorstreet.com backslash Roberts, backslash party backslash 209. 5611. Again, that's colorstreet.com backslash BH Roberts. Backslash Party backslash two zero nine five six one one. Or simply click the link in our show notes. And we are back with Davy Sutton and we are talking about how to be better citizens of the globe, whether we're across it or we're in our own backyard. And I think it's really it's it's a great story. I love the fact that you do this. Um, but tell me a little bit too about the excitement, because I know you've done some amazing things. You've, I mean, riding a motorcycle through Vietnam. You know, um, uh, my, my one of my dreams is I do. Uh, luckily, I have been to to Peru, so I'm very fortunate. I got to see Machu Picchu. I I I did hand gliding off the cliff in Lima. Don't ask me why. I'm afraid of heights but I did all that, but we didn't get a chance to go to the Amazon. And I really, there's a, you know, a river cruise I'd like to take on it. And part of it is if you go at the right time of year, I know you can see the pink dolphins, which dolphins and me are like, we're like this, we're like best friends. So, you know, these are amazing experiences that you've had. How, how does telling a story change you? Or change what you can do for the world when you can have these experiences and bring them to people's, you know, televisions or you know, to their devices when they're watching it. What what kind of difference does that make for you and for for them? Do you think
0: um, travel is the best education? I think. And so whenever I touch ground, ground into a new place, um, I um, ears and eyes wide open, and I try to just soak it all up. And then I think this is. Really uh, innate thing to who I am, I want to share it with you. So, I told you a bit about my journey of kind of getting to where I ha- am in my career, but I recently unearthed and digitized these VHS tapes of when my dad, we, we've always traveled, to we are our family. My dad always would take us places, and in particular, growing up on the, the west coast of the US, my my family that my immediate family we were the only ones there the rest of our family were on the east coast so my dad would rent an rv um, for our summer break for about five years in a row for two weeks we would uh drive across this the u.s and uh found this video of me at the grand canyon with our vhs tape um you know, wanting, like seeing what I learned saying, like hearing what I learned and then immediately doing eyewitness news. And I was, it's it's hilarious and cute, but I was like, Hmm, that's exactly, I, it was, it was a bit surreal, surreal seeing little me and doing what I do do now. And then my mom, I used to watch the travel channel when I was a kid and, and Samantha Brown and my mom recently told me that I used to say, Man, she has the best job. And I was like, mm-hmm. I didn't know this in my collegiate journey. And in my, uh, I, I didn't know this until almost about three years ago is when she told me that. And I was wow. like, why didn't you tell me? And so earlier I said, embrace your journey. Your journey will get you to where you, you need to be. Mm-hmm. But I mean, talk about full circle is just learning about this child me and what I did now do now is just been amazing so you you asked about how does it how does it change you um i i can't help but i just love the world and i love learning about how people people (laughs) Uh, sometimes i i sit you know people watching um is is one of my favorite pastimes and i just and if i if i include a bit of people watching in in one of my stories i'll just say the line people peopling i just love seeing You know, a mom with her kid um, and uh, just her main goal is just to try to get that two-year-old to eat anywhere around the world. And any around the world, you'll see kids, rich or poor, kids just wanna play. You'll see a man hurrying to his his one spot to the next. He's probably trying to get to work so that he can provide for his family. And those human bits, no matter where around the world, um, is why I encourage people to travel because whatever little box we have grown up in, when we start to see that people are all the same, they have the same basic yes. goals every day, I think that breaks down all, you know, uh, stigmas, stereotypes, and um, bigotry uh, that could be kind of that they might have grown up with.
1: I so agree. I absolutely agree because every new place I go, I'm always shocked at how much it is just the same. We are the same and i love it. And you see different things and you get to experience different cultures and there are definitely differences, but you remember that we're humans dealing with humans and that's the core. I love that. I love it. So one last, you know, kind of question that I I want to throw at you is, you know, so then, you know, you own your own production company. I know you've done, uh, you've done a lot of things. You're, you're all over the place, but you know, how has having your own production company um, impacted your, you know, I mean, this is a, a really unique kind of entrepreneurial journey. How has that allowed you to shock your potential by, you know, having your own company and maybe controlling a little bit more about what you do?
0: Yeah, it's exactly that. So I was working in a traditional newsroom when I became inspired by another journalist who's a celebrity journalist, um, Soledad O'Brien, who announced she was going to make her production company. And, and I know her, she's a bit of a, a mentor, um, but I remember sitting in that newsroom. And the thing when working for somebody, especially in my industry, is that you o- someone always has to give you a job. Um, and you, you, you typically do a job for a few years and then you move on to the next one as you were kind of growing or you settle in at wherever market you want to be in. Mm -hmm. And I was already ready to leave that particular job. And it was going through that daunting idea of like, okay, um, time to know what, you know, present myself, get my, you know, ex- you know, resume together so that I could go find a new job. And, 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 and when she announced that, it started me to investigate that they're actually, she's a celebrity journalist. And so when she announced her, her production company, of course, people were like, hey, let me work with you. Um, so I knew that wouldn't be my experience, but I, it got me to investigate the idea of entrepreneurial journalists, which is mm-hmm. different than a freelance journalist. So this is creating, and what my company does is we create um, ideas for like program segments and we um, produce particular content for different networks and outlets. Um, Mm -hmm. More like a vendor versus I I kind of think of a freelancer as um, somebody who eventually may want a full-time job or is just fine working as as a part-timer, right? Right. Um, And mine was a little, my approach is a little bit deeper. And now um, one of the things that I do pretty regularly uh, that you mentioned is I am um, an on-air contributor to several um, national programs and um, people are curious on how to do that. So I, I'm actually coming up with an e-course to oh, show good. people that ev- any expertise is fit for TV. So my career has been in TV and I know when, when people are coming up with stories and they're like, great. Now I need an interview. Who do I call? And the interview yeah. can be for any skill set. I mean, I worked on a lifestyle show, and we've had magicians and jugglers on there. But of course, we've had fitness gurus, um, but businesses and. I mean, one example I give is somebody like, if you love like crossword puzzles and you're great at grammar, Mm -hmm. um, you could be the go-to person when a new word is, you know, announced, which happens all the time in the dictionary. And that's a fun little segment. And it's like, if I would, I would book you for my show just to add that fun little segment. So any skill set, And so I'm packaging all of that, which is kind of exciting to kind of uh, flip what I do every day into mm-hmm. showing people on how they can shock their own potential and elevate you know themselves um, and their businesses by you know c- becoming a TV expert, getting on the list of who people call when they need a guest.
1: Yeah, great. Well,'ve I've, I've uh, hit that status with my local ABC market, uh, but'm uh, I'm, I'm looking to move up, so uh, let me know when you've got your e-course available. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you know that's and it's and it's probably and it's also fun right it's tv so it's, it's fun to, it. it's it's fun so soon we'll be back in our in the studios and yeah and then and, you know instead of our, our virtual ones but you know i think look at you have a great tv setup already you know so it's easy for you just to click on and and do your part so it's funny. Um,
1: years ago, twenty some years ago, for I worked for a nonprofit, and that I always had media time in my small town market where I grew up. And every channel, every you know, that time both newspapers, all the radio stations called me constantly. But what I had to laugh was, is one of the stations loved to have me on, and they'd give me ten minutes um, <laughs> at at like six a.m.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you know why? Because they knew that they could call me the night before and say. Can you be to the studio at 5.30 a.m. tomorrow and talk about, I don't know, you tell us what you want to talk about. And I'm like, how about why uh, some uh, generic peanut butters are just as good as name brand peanut butters? They're like, that's it. Let's go with that. Because <laughs> they knew I'd show up early and they knew I'd pitch them and tell them whatever they wanted. And I would always give them the questions to add, ask me and tell me what, the answers I was going to give them. So they were all
0: prepped. <laughs> you had the secret. You you just uh, revealed one of the biggest secrets is just give them a segment in the box, like you know like these producers are filling blocks and there's a you they they trust um so they don't have to work and so then you basically produce yourself and they literally I get a kick out of uh, when I write an anchor intro um yeah. and they read it word for word because I'm just like yeah because I made their job easier um Absolutely. but yeah I think I think understanding that, yes, that world seems daunting and it can be hard to get your foot in the door, but once you get the attention of somebody, here's how you kill it. And they'll always call you because everybody in every industry wants their job to be uh, easier. And so this is how you do it for television.
1: Absolutely. Oh, Davey, we could talk all day. Oh, goodness. I love chatting with you. Hey, we're going to have all your contact information on our show notes, but just in case somebody wants to look you up right now, what's the best way for them to find you?
0: Yeah. You can follow me on all social media at Davey Sutton, D-A-Y-V-E-E, Sutton, S-U-P-T-O-N.
1: Excellent. And so before we go, Davey, do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers?
0: You know, your dream is your dream. And there are lots of obstacles along the way. And if it was easy, we've heard this over and over, then everyone would do it. So keep going, keep going. I
1: love it. Like I always say, just keep swimming, just keep swimming. <laughs> During swimming,
0: swimming is a little harder than. <laughs> Okay, okay, just, just, keep keep going. Swimming. <laughs> just keep going Yeah, but that's a good song to think just keep swimming. <laughs> when i'm practicing swimming i will think of that song
1: <laughs> i love it david thank you so much you've been a fabulous guest i'm sure glad that we got to uh get to a chance to talk today thank you so much thank you for having me
0: thank you for joining us on another episode of the shock your potential podcast learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com